Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. A lot of investors come to us trying to learn a new asset type. And it makes them very uncomfortable. So I would say, just stick to what you know. It served you well in the past. It should serve you well in the future. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Edward Fernandez. Edward is joining us from Irvine, California. He is the CEO of 1031 Crowdfunding, which is responsible for raising $800 million of equity from individuals, institutional investors through private capital and public real estate offerings. They are the leading real estate investing platform for 1031 exchanges and alternative investment vehicles focused on tax deferral. Ed's portfolio consists of being a GP and LP on $350 million of real estate. Ed, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm doing great, Ash. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Ed, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. So I've been doing real estate alternative investments since about 2000. I started as an internal wholesaler in a financial firm educating financial advisors on why they should invest in our products. 
So I was there about 14 years and I started from being the guy on the phone to the guy that was creating all the offerings. So I cut my teeth in the real estate market at that firm and I was there for 14 years. And about nine years ago, I decided to do my own thing. And based on that, took everything that I learned from my previous experience and created 1031 crowdfunding. And here we are today. Ed, when you mentioned alternative investments, what exactly is that? So an alternative investment, the most important thing is it's an illiquid investment in actual real estate. Unlike investing in traded REITs, which really act more equities and are volatile to the stock market. Alternative investments really get a passive investor the true feel and returns of investing in actual real estate through a passive manner. You have a monumental task convincing financial advisors to invest in real estate. You know those two worlds don't intersect, right? And the reason I say that is I've interviewed a number of CFAs, financial advisors. I've got a lot of friends in that industry as well. And they never invest in real estate. The financial advisors that I've interviewed have clearly said that I don't encourage my clients to invest in real estate because there's no way for me to get paid on that. So you're coming into this world. You sound like a disruptor, but an insurmountable task. What are you doing here? And that's the thing is, unfortunately, you get what you incent, even though the guys are still advisors and they're advising their clients. They still need to get paid. And it, it's understandably that if they can't get compensated in an investment vehicle that potentially could benefit their overall client base, it's with complete understanding of why they wouldn't go ahead and allocate funds into that. But with that being said, it's really not that hard. Once you sit down and you educate these guys and they start seeing the returns, and then you find the guys that really are focused on helping the investor and helping the client for their future. The task is really not that hard. They just need to be educated. That's all. So the financial advisors, their clientele, is it mostly institutions, corporations, 401k plans, or individuals? It's really retail investors. The institutional guys really use money managers and those money managers will allocate the portfolio as they see fit because they have full discretion. It's the retail investors, the investor that has 100,000, 200,000 that is looking for a professional to manage their money is the ones that we actually are talking to. All right. So you are a disruptor because not a lot of people are doing this, right? Well, when we first started, there wasn't a lot of people doing this, but now everybody's nipping at our heels a little bit. So we do have some competitors out there, but yeah, we were the trailblazing type company to move in that direction. Ed, the million-dollar question, how do the financial advisors get compensated? Well, basically, every alternative investment has a commission built into it, but it's who you're talking to. So you have advisors that are called registered investment advisors. They don't charge a commission, so they get a fee based on assets under management. So as long as the actual investment can be held, what we would call above the line, and what that means is okay, well, all my money's at Schwab or all my money's at Fidelity or all my money's at TD. Well, then as long as that investment can be held in that platform, they'll get paid based on the assets under management. So those are the easier guys. The guys actually get paid a commission. That's a little bit more difficult because if you create the product, you have to actually go to that financial institution where these advisors work and convince them through due diligence 
that this product should be on their platform and then be allowed to distribute to those advisors. But in that case, there's always a built-in commission for them to be compensated. And you do both of those scenarios? Yes, sir. So when you're going to an institution, the amount of due diligence that you have to go through has to be insane. Oh, yeah. They want to look under the hood. They want to see who the warm bodies are, character, integrity, track record, past performance. And then they start looking at the economics. Does the deal work? So, yeah, you have to go through a lot of due diligence to get it done. But once they've done one or two deals and things have gone well, it's really just a matter of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Really, that's all it is. And the company is called 1031 Crowdfunding. Yes, sir. How does somebody get onto that platform or are these all deals that you control? That's a great question. So we play two roles. First of all, you can go to www.1031crowdfunding.com and you'll find us there. But to answer your second question, we act like a marketplace. So 1031 crowdfunding is like a shopping mall. Okay. So you walk into the mall and the mall has storefronts and each storefront is going to attract a different client. So at 1031 Crowdfunding, not only do we have our own opportunities, but we have third-party opportunities that I have relationships with over 15 years or so. And the reason for that is it's important to have people have options. We don't want people just investing in our deals. Well, what if they don't like our deal? Well, we want to be able to provide them a menu of options to accomplish their goals. And do these institutions further vet each deal and those operators as well? You do that. So if you're going to go on my platform, we have analysts here. We have an acquisition team here. So for lack of better words, because we make sausage, I'm going to use this analogy, and we receive one that's already been made, we kind of know what to look for and peel back the layers to determine whether we want to entertain the deal or not. Now. One of the things that we do do, and a lot of investors ask us, well, why do you do this? So we'll put a not so good deal on our platform and we'll indicate that that deal is not so good. Here's why. Because of our competitors, investors will visit us, they'll visit competitor, and that competitor may have that same third-party deal on their platform. But there's no indicator on there whether that deal is a good deal, an okay deal, or a bad deal. So regardless whether an investor would invest with us, we want to make sure that we are seen as the company that educates investors. So for lack of better words, you go to a competitor's website, but on our website, we've indicated not so good. They're going to question, why are you not telling me this deal's not so good? Because the other side I went to said it wasn't. So it kind of gives us that competitive advantage. What is the threshold to get onto this platform as an operator? Is there a minimum deal size? No, normally deal size is anywhere between 20 million or more because the upfront cost associated with creating these opportunities really is a cost that is across the board. So the bigger the deal, the lower the cost. The smaller the deal, the higher the cost based on a percentage. So we want to make sure that deals are at least 20 million or greater to minimize those upfront costs to investors. What asset classes are on your platform? Oh boy, are you ready? So we have multifamily, senior housing, student housing, self-storage, industrial, office, 
medical office. We have a deal on the platform right now. It's the training facility for the Las Vegas Raiders. We have Walgreens, Amazon, Dollar General. So you name it, it's on the platform. The only thing you won't see is single family residents. We even have mineral rights where you can buy the land and pull oil out of the ground. So there's a lot of diversity that's on the platform. What's the average yield for these investments? Great question. That's between three and a half percent to nine percent. So wide range based on asset type. And is there still a split on the back end? Is this a fund that's perpetual? Or so it's a deal by deal fund, so to speak. Correct. It's a closed ended fund, not an open ended fund. Yes. Got it. Okay. And how many different operators do you have on the platform? We have about 54. We are one of the 54. So we work with all the institutions that are involved in this space. And tenure is not indicative of whether you get on or not. A tenure is an aspect of our due diligence, how long you've been in the business. But it's really the economics of the deal that actually determines whether the deal is a good deal, an okay deal, or not so good. I'm imagining this isn't cheap because it's very convenient. If I'm an operator, instead of raising $30, $40 million, I can come to you. What is that going to cost me? It really doesn't cost you much because operators are not stupid. They're going to put the cost on top of the deal. So the operator is going to put out the money to create the opportunity, but then the operator is going to put that on top of the deal so that they get reimbursed. So investors, i.e. upfront load, are the ones that carry the cost for the operator to distribute that product. Well, let's dive into those fees. We get that they get passed on, but what are they? So you got an acquisition fee. So let's define load. So load is something that does not go in the operator's pocket. But the load is comprised of two components. So you have capital expenses, CapEx, that's the money that goes into the real estate. And then you have transactional costs. One of the things that we do that's very attractive to investors is actually remove the closing risk when it comes to a 1031 exchange. And I don't know if you know this, but a 1031 exchange has a very finite time period. You have 45 days to try to find something to replace that you just sold, and that includes holidays, weekends, and that time frame lies by. So what we do, and in this asset type or product, is the real estate is already purchased up front. So if the real estate is purchased up front, if I'm going to put up $20 million to buy a piece of real estate, Ash, I don't know if you're going to invest in it. I don't know if anyone's going to invest in it. I might have to keep it. So if I'm going to put up $20 million, guess what? I'm going to do an appraisal title, survey, property condition report. I'm doing everything I need to do to determine whether this is a good asset or not. All those costs, i.e. load, are passed on to the investor. As far as a fee is concerned, there's a commission. That commission is 6% on equity. And then there's a disposition fee upon the sale of the real estate. And there's an acquisition fee. So all in all, load is anywhere between 8 to 20% of the deal, give or take what kind of deal it is. Got it. And Ed, I'm struggling trying to understand the 1031 benefit here. Our listeners are very familiar with 1031s, but how does that play into your platform? So our client profile is anywhere between 60 to 90 years old. So they have built their wealth. They're not interested in trying to have a 1x, 2x, 3x on their money. 
They're trying to protect their principal. They want to defer the taxes, but they want to continue their lifestyle and replace the income that they've been receiving from the assets they sold. So the benefit to investors, if you're tired of dealing with the tenants, the toilets, and the trash, if you've run out of time when your 45-day period, those are the investors that come to us because all the real estate on the platform has already been purchased and you can literally complete your transaction in five days and avoid paying a tremendous amount of taxes based on the property you just sold. Interesting. Okay. So when I'm older and I have this portfolio that I want to be done with, I can sell it all, put it into your platform in 1031, all my money into that? Absolutely. And the unique thing is, is that because we have so many opportunities on the website, you don't have to put all your money in one deal. You can diversify yourself and create what we would call a mini mutual fund for your 1031 exchange. You you can choose asset type. You can choose geographical location. You can choose the debt terms. So my point is, is that if you want a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of this, you're diversifying your risk by being able to actually buy what you want to buy when you want to buy. Interesting. And I love the concept. I didn't know you could 1031 from real estate into a crowdfunded deal, so to speak. We do what's called Delaware Statutory Trust. We use the term DSTs for short. So those have been around since 2004, and they're directly on the IRS website as an option for an exchange. And to try to keep it as simple as possible for your listeners, a DST is likened to or very similar to a living or family trust where there's a trustee managing a trust for the beneficiaries of the trust. So when you invest in one of these DSTs, you become a beneficial owner of that asset that's in the trust. That's why it qualifies for an exchange. So you're really buying real estate. You're just buying it in a passive way, but actually qualifies for an exchange. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. What a great solution you're solving an industry problem. And for the best ever listeners that don't know how to win the 1031 game, can you share that? We get the kick in the can down the road and you build this giant snowball that one day people think, oh my God, it's going to catch up to me at some point. But tell our listeners how you win the 1031 game. Sure. So I love pictures. I use analogies, right? I haven't been to Hawaii in a while, but I love Hawaii. So think of taxes as a wave. You go to the North Shore of Oahu, waves are 50 feet or higher. They're huge. So think of 1031 exchanges as the surfboard. 
as long as you stay on that surfboard and avoid that wave, you will never, ever experience paying the taxes and leave it for your heirs. But as soon as you get off of that surfboard, that wave that is 50 feet, 70 feet, 100 feet comes crashing down on you. So what we do is make sure that investors understand that you need to swap until you drop. And as long as you swap until you drop, your heirs will never experience the taxes. And it's the best way to build wealth and leave a legacy. And it helps that transition. So really the way to win the 1031 game is when you pass, your heirs get your property at a stepped up basis. But do you really want to leave them with real estate that they have to dispose of and manage in the time being? Or do you roll it over into something passive that is easily transitioned? So I love that you're solving this problem that a lot of people know about, but I don't think a lot of people have a good plan. We'll do our trusts, our wills and all that. But in the meantime, we're building our real estate portfolio and we think, okay, when I get older, when I'm in bad health, I'll create a succession plan and consolidate and I'll sell 10 properties and just buy two big ones. But what a great solution here. How do you educate the world on what you're doing? One client at a time. It's very important that we take the time to educate one client at a time. It's interesting when we get on the phone with sometimes lawyers and CPAs, professional, they really don't have any idea that things exist. So as a CEO, I still take client phone calls because it's very important that we take the misled, the misunderstood, the deceived investor and provide them a secure, transparent environment to invest and build wealth for the future and for their children. Ed, why not take the 30-year-old, 40-year-old professional that's making a lot of money that wants passive investments. Does your platform not have a competitive advantage against other platforms when it comes to non-1031 type investments? Great question. Not only do we do 1031 exchange investments, we also do REITs, partnerships, private placements, notes. We have opportunity zone funds. So literally, we have at least 100 options on our website for all to invest. So we do get the 30, the 35-year-old, 40-year-old, but more than not, they're not going to invest in an exchange product because think about it, they're control freaks. And I understand they're young guys. They still have a lot of energy. They want to control their own destiny. The last thing they want to do is hand their money in a passive form. But for those investors that are younger that want to actually invest, we get a lot of investors focused on opportunity zone funds. They've sold some stock. They've sold businesses. So they want to defer those capital gains. And so we get those investors into opportunity zone funds. And then you have those investors that are trying to diversify themselves from the equity markets. So we provide those type of products as well. So the bulk of our business are exchanges. I would say 70% of our business is exchanges, 30% of our business is all the others. Is this like the New York mob where you can get in, but you can't get out? So if I come in, let's say I have a health scare and I come in and all of a sudden turns out to be nothing. Can I come back out? I'm going to put my compliance answer hat on first, and then I'll give you a practical answer. Compliance answer is this. If a three to six year hold of an opportunity like this is going to cause you heartburn, 
you shouldn't entertain these ideas because they're illiquid. My practical answer is that we have a secondary market on our website. Currently, we have thousands and thousands of investors that have registered to our site. We have successfully created a secondary market on our site where an investor comes up to us and says, hey, Ed, when I got a family emergency, I got to get out of this thing. Can you help me? Yeah, sure. We'll take that deal, put it on our platform in the secondary market. We'll email all these investors. And if an investor says, I'll take that option, we create the transition for investors to get out and create instant liquidity. But other than that, if you're an investor, you should expect to hold this thing three to six years. If that's a problem, this is not for you. Yeah. And I should have asked that question a little bit better. Of course, I get that the term of that investment has a specific time period. But once that investment is sold, do I have to keep my money in your platform or can I pull it back out into my personal bank account? Great question. So if you're in an exchange, we always have to send your money back to you. So 60 days prior to the sale of the real estate, Ash, we're going to call you and say, hey, Ash, you've got to set up your exchange account. Give me that information. We give it to escrow. Once the property settles and funds are dispersed, that money is going into your qualified intermediary account. At that time, you can decide to do something with us again. You can decide to buy something on your own or you can pay the tax, but we can never take your money and roll it into another deal automatically. Got it. Okay. And then I get 1031 back out as well. Absolutely. That's why we'll send it to your qualified intermediary so you have that exchange option. All right. So I love this even more. There's a lot of people that overbuy or overpay just to satisfy that 45-day window. And in my opinion, that's why this real estate market is inflated. It's one of the factors that I think is causing this real estate market to be overinflated. I mean, you've got $10, $20 million that you're going to end up paying taxes on if you don't redeploy it. So let's just buy something. We get calls from brokers all the time. Ash, do you want to sell anything? I got a 1031 buyer that's got three days left and they're willing to overpay. So for those younger guys and girls that have a deal and they can't satisfy their window, they can come in to your fund. And then when it's done, five, six years, whatever it is, they can come back out. Yeah. I hate to use this term, but they use this like a parking lot. You're a Band-Aid, man. Yeah. yeah. Parking lot, right? (laughs) They kind of take a pit stop, change the tires, refuel. And then if they want to go back into the active market of real estate after this is done and it's all full cycle, they can do so. All right. I don't know that you should be talking to me. You should go talk to all those Marcus and Millichap and CBRE brokers that call me and say, Ash, what do you got? I got three days. You should do- They call us all the time, Ash. They call us all the time. They're scrambling around. They're, They're panicking and they call us and we help their clients. While on that topic, do they get their commission? Well, they can't, unfortunately, because of the fact that these are securities, right? Right. And so because these are securities, you have to have a securities license to get paid commission. But nine out of the 10 times when you're creating a listing, here's what a client says. Well, hey, Ash, great. I'm going to put my property on the market, but what do you have for me on my uplink? And you don't have that answer. You know what? I'm just going to keep my real estate. But now what brokers are saying, going, look, We do have an option for you. Go to this company. They have all these type of real estate assets on there and they can literally satisfy your exchange in five days. Guess what the client does? Client gives them the listing and puts the property up for sale because they have an option. All right, let's be realistic. So they're not going to tell their clients that until the very last minute. 
They're going to want to try to get paid their commission. That's Uh, exactly right. Last minute, they do it all the time. So is that the window five days from when I come to you and say, I've got five days left? Is that the window where you can accommodate 1031 money? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. So we can satisfy your exchange as quickly as five days. Worst case scenario, you're on day 45. We can help you identify assets on your ID form that day. And then you can transact a week or two later if you choose to. Man, I love that. So that's where your broker relationships could come in. Yes, sir. Hey, at the 11th hour, I'm your guy. That's exactly right. And that happens all the time. Good. And the brokers do their clients a real service by saving that taxable burden. Yeah. We're getting more and more lawyers, CPAs, brokers to come into our platform to try to help their clients solve their issues. Why doesn't everybody start copying your business model? They have. They have. So it's annoying, but it's also a compliment. So we're always innovative. So we have exclusivity to our code. One of our partners, she does business with Sony and Frito-Lay and Macy's and handles all their security on their servers. So our code is proprietary to us, exclusive to us. So whatever we dream, we can create, and that's what gives us our competitive advantage. All our competitors are using light, white label platforms where all you're doing is changing the color palettes. We can change it to whatever we want. All we got to do is think about it and we can create it. Got it. And what is your best real estate investing advice ever? That's a good question. I would say stick to what you know. A lot of investors that come to us They don't know what they don't know. And I would say if you're very comfortable with multifamily or a multi-tenant type asset where it's senior housing, student housing, or self-storage, don't try to figure out how to do a Walgreens or an Amazon or a Dollar General. Too much of a learning curve. If you're on that side of the real estate spectrum, I would say if that's what you know, stick with that. But that would be my best advice because a lot of investors come to us trying to learn a new asset type. And it makes them very uncomfortable. So I would say, just stick to what you know. It served you well in the past. It should serve you well in the future. Ed, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, Ed. What's the best ever book you recently read? How to Invest by David Rubenstein. He's the co-founder of Carlisle. Very interesting to hear how he interviews all these top CEOs and how these CEOs have come about, how they handle situations, how they invest their own money. Very interesting book to read. And what's the best ever way you like to give back? Ah, great question. So my wife is our COO, right? So she handled that. So we put out posts and every holiday we get inquiries. So we get inquiries of families that their house is burned down or there's an abusive situation. So 1031 crowdfunding cuts checks to help all these people out with their situations. Ed, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? You can go to our website, 1031crowdfunding.com or give us a call at 844-533-1031. Ed, I want to thank you for your time today. This was a service that I didn't know was out there. Much to the dismay of the IRS, you probably saved a lot of people, a lot of tax writing that they otherwise would have forgotten. So 
Thank you very much for your time and sharing what you're doing with us. Ash, thank you so much for having us and wish you a happy holiday, my friend. Likewise, brother. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.